This is a classic podcast from Unqualified Gamers. Hear more at unqualifiedgamers.com. So this is what, episode six? Is this episode six? Episode six. This is episode six of Unqualified, a video game podcast. Can you believe we've been podcasting for six years already? Six years already. It's amazing. It is amazing. Hey, uh, did you keep playing Final Fantasy XII this week? Well, first of all, Final Fantasy XIII, too. Oh, yeah, that's, well, that's, there's a two in there. No one started playing Final Fantasy XII because, okay, they started, but they stopped really quickly after they started because it's not good. Um, I want to talk about Final Fantasy XIII, too, after you lead with our lead story. Oh, yeah, no, there is, there was an interesting story, and we, we don't really get into news at all on this show at all. Uh, but there was kind of a cool thing that happened this past week. Uh, the the studio Double Fine, which created a bunch of adventure games uh, back in the back in the '90s and the early 2000s, a game genre that's just disappeared off the face of the earth, um, couldn't get funding for this new project that they wanted to work on. So they went to a website called Kickstarter, which is a website that uh, companies can go to, groups can go to, individuals can go to, uh, set up an idea and say, "Hey." If you want to fund this idea, you can throw in this amount of money and we will, uh, y- you know, you'll get like first crack at this idea. If you give enough money, you'll be like an investor. Maybe you could get some money back. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it allows individuals uh, like the community to fund projects for individuals that they believe in. Yeah. Well, Tim Schafer, the guy who owns Double Fine, went to uh, Kickstarter and started a project um, with the intent of raising four hundred thousand dollars. Wow! Now, now Kickstarter um, lets your lets your lets your auction run for thirty two days. So you have thirty two days to raise money from people. If you meet your goal, everything's cool. All the money comes out of people's accounts. You get you get what you had kind of set up for, um, and the project goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if the goal is not met. Um, they just refund everybody's money. Nobody's nobody's account gets charged. That's and the awesome. only thing, you, yeah, I know. And the only thing you've really wasted is time. Yeah. And Kickstarter takes five percent of all the proceeds. Okay. Um, so that's where they get their money because obviously they're they're running a service. So um, they they set it up with the intent of getting four hundred thousand dollars, and on the first day, they raised over one million dollars. Are you shitting me? On the first day, they obviously they. Far, Tim Schaefer said he expected like $30,000 on the first day of donations. Um, they, had, they, had kind of, they had kind of a tiered, uh, a tiered system. Um, so like if you donated 15 bucks, you'd get the game when it came out. If you donated 30 bucks, you'd get the game plus a poster. If you donated $100, you'd get the game plus a poster plus honorable mention, whatever. Um, so they had different tiers of, of ways to donate, but they, they raised over a million dollars in the first day, and they literally changed their uh, projection of what the game was going to be because of that. Well, um, I hope so. Yeah, and so the, the fact that there was that much community buzz about it, I, it was just, it's really cool. It's really cool because they didn't have to get any money from a publisher. I, they will probably eventually have to find a publisher, but they just they were like, hey, you know, do you guys like our games enough to you know, invest in in our game so we can make a new one and people there was a resounding yes so i just thought that was kind of a cool story and it really made some made some waves in terms of like video game news uh yeah how much uh what's the name of the the game 
Uh, well, there's no name for the game yet because they hadn't even really developed it yet. They're just kind of they're just kind of kicking around ideas. They they said the first thing we need to do is you know find funding for a game if we're going to make a new game. So uh, and and Tim Schafer uh, Tim Schafer tweeted about it on the day of when they were nearing a million, and he said, "All right, community, if we reach nine hundred eighty thousand dollars today, we'll put real time strategy elements in our game." <laughs> And if we clear $1 million, we'll take those real-time strategy elements out of our game. <laughs> what? So, so yeah, I, it's just, it's a cool story. I think, I think they're going to raise a ton of money yeah. uh, with this. And, you know, if you, if you invest in the idea, you get the game for 15 bucks, and that's how much the game's going to be probably when it comes out anyway. So it's, it's, I mean, you're basically, you know, paying forward for the game. It's basically pre-ordering the game if you donate if you donate to the fund and they, they, they don't make bad games. Well, I, I hope not. Or a lot of people are going to be really disappointed. Yeah. Uh, as of this, as of this point, um, as of that first day, it's already the top funded project on Kickstarter ever. <laughs> ever. So, so Kickstarter, which apparently has been around for some years now, uh, in one day with this studio cleared, cleared their most, you know, their most donations ever. So, yeah. and that, that part's pretty neat too. Kickstarter is going to, you know, make a fortune on this. Yeah. I mean, good for Kickstarter. That's a hell of a lot of PR too. Yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. And it's such a great idea. I, I just think it's a really cool idea. So yeah. I, when I was in, when I was in the, the feature film, Dance Dance Revolution, the Warrior's Path, Dancing Games are Serious Business, um, uh, we set up an account and a similar site, but it didn't refund you if it didn't reach the goal. And the goal, for, the goal for that film was like a thousand dollars. I think we raised maybe two hundred, maybe. Oh, you didn't raise a million? No. Well, we did on the first day, but we refunded people because uh, they didn't really know how serious business dancing games are, and we only wanted funding from people that knew the dancing games are serious business. That seems counterintuitive to raising money, but you know what? You guys knew what you were doing. I mean, you... <laughs> no, you, you... no, we didn't. No one knew what they were doing, and you can see that very plainly if you ever watch the movie, which I don't recommend. So let's move on, shall we? <laughs> so, you uh, should be playing 13 too, right? Let me tell I mean, you why I didn't. You so you hear... didn't... No. Wait, hang on. So, so you didn't play Final Fantasy 13 too? No, it's been over a week since our last podcast, and I have not played a second since our last podcast, and I blame your review of the game. I, I mean, I didn't necessarily mean to ruin it for you. But you didn't ruin it for me. And this is, this is an interesting question that I'd like to pose to our listener, uh, wherever you are, listener, is uh, do you let a review of a game change your entire experience? Because, like, I disagreed with some of the things you disliked, like the ease of the game and other things, but just... Hearing you talk about it for some reason took the wind out of my sails. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was that I played a lot of the game because I was looking forward to podcasting about it, and then once the podcast was over, I was done. But have you ever have you ever played a game or gotten partway through a game and you thought it was okay, but then read a really scathing review and then re- thought to yourself, well, that those are some good points. I no longer like this game. And then it's like changed the experience for you? Or am I the only one? Oh, I'm sure you're not the only one. I can't. I just can't think of one off the top of my head. Yeah. Um. You know. No. You know what? There is one. Um. Dead Island. Oh yeah. De- Dead Island was a game that I heard from so many people was so awesome, and I picked it up and I played it for like an hour, and then I started reading some stuff about it, and I just I have not put it back in since, and I probably will never go back to it. 
<laughs> now, I'm going to go back to Final Fantasy XIII, too, because I want to finish it. Which you should. Yeah, and I will. But I just thought that was really interesting. Why do I let that happen? Like, it's not like you didn't even... I mean, you said it's a good game. You gave it a positive review overall. You just nitpicked a couple things. And for some reason, in my head, I just lost the drive to play it. I don't know why. Well, maybe I can convince you then that you should probably continue to play it. Well, you you beat it then, right? I did. Um, I beat it like the day the day we podcasted. Probably after we were done podcasting, I ended up beating the game because mm-hmm. I knew I was near the end. Mm-hmm. Um, the and the for me, uh, the final boss was not good. Uh, the the final part of the story was not good. I kind of expected that. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> the the ending of the game is a total what the fuck moment. You can you can judge that on yourself when you get there. And I think you should get there because it's it's a controversial ending. Um, oh, so it's worth seeing. Really? Yes. In a good way. It, is controversy good? I, it's good for buzz. It's good. You know. I mean, maybe you could consider it good. It's interesting. I. It's interesting. So when Lightning and Sarah reunite, they have a, a lesbian incestual makeout scene. Is what you're you're saying? And then they have a baby. I don't oh. know how. I don't know how you hit the nail on the head, but geez, you must have read something. Wow, having the baby, I think, is probably the only controversial part of that. I think the making out an incest. You know, once Game of Thrones knocked that wall down, it's like all bets are off. Well, they do adopt the baby, and we all know how um, homosexual adoption is. Is you know being met with such controversy in the United States. So it could have something to do with that. It could. Who knows? I'm not one to say. Point is, is I did beat the game. Um, and just like I thought, the optional extra stuff, most of it is is kind of dull, but there's a lot of varied stuff in there. Um, like there's, there's an area in the game where you can do quizzes uh, and there's tons of questions. I mean, like, I don't know, 200... To 300 different questions that you can get asked on this random quiz show thing and it's how you get one of the items in the game and the questions are interesting they kind of go draw from all areas of the final fantasy 13 universe mm-hmm. so if you're like well versed in the final fantasy 13 lore it kind of you know it's kind of a nod to you and some of the optional enemies just like i thought are very challenging oh good um and very fun to fight good yeah, there was one, like, in fact, there was one that I could not beat until I, uh, like, I leveled up some, and I got some better equipment, um, and so that was great. Like, I love that kind of thing. I love having having things that I don't just walk through. Yeah, yeah. so I would encourage you, I mean, I would encourage you to continue playing, because there really is some, there is some cool stuff post-game. Um, there's a lot of really dull stuff post-game, too, but... That was kind of par for the course on the game. Yeah, and did, uh, did the challenge not present itself until after you beat the game, or was the end of it at least a little harder? No, it was nothing. Okay. I had, yeah, I had literally no challenge. And um, one of the cool things, one of the cool things in the game, and I can tell you this without spoiling anything, is um, after you beat the game, you're given the option to go back into different parts of the game, lock uh, lock up those time periods, and basically start them from the beginning. Oh yeah, and and if you do something different. Um, for instance, in one in the one of the first areas of the game, you have to kill a colossus, and when you first go there, you really have to weaken the colossus first before you kill it. Mm-hmm. But later in the game, when you come back, you can actually kill it without weakening it. Well, that makes a new ending to the game, and they're called paradox endings. And there's like nine of them in the game. 
Um, and they're pretty, uh, they're pretty cool. It's pretty cool to kind of have that option to go back and see different endings. And there's one fight where uh, you fight the main villain of the game with just one of your main characters. Mm. And when you first do that, you, you do it and it's done and you move on with the story. But if you go and revisit this place, uh, the fight is a lot harder and it's just a single character. And it was a very challenging fight for me. And it was fun. It was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah, so there is some cool stuff. Um, I'm glad I finished it. I they do a stupid thing where there's a sh- there's there's 160 shards in the game. You get them for doing lots of different stuff, and the last shard in the game is for killing one of every enemy in the entire game. There's like there's like 200 enemies in the game, and they don't give you any indication of whether you've completed areas or not. So in order to, in order to, and there's different uh, encounter rates of enemies. So you could be, you could do 10 to 20 encounters without ever fighting this one monster you need to fight, but you would never know that because you never know when areas are complete. Uh, So you, in order to get that particular shard, you, you literally have to like sit out with a guide open. Yeah. And that to me, I I don't know. That doesn't seem like much fun to me. Well, technically you at least have the data log, right? Or the the bestiary? Yeah, you've got the bestiary that's in game, but it gives you no information as to what's left to yeah, fight. Yeah, and I understand that, but there at least is some record of what you've done. So if you go on, you know, Final Fantasy Wiki or whatever, and you want to like, you you look at those lists, you can at least do the math yourself. It's tedious, but yeah, exactly. And that's the big thing is it's tedious. Yeah. And here's the shittiest part of that whole oh, thing good. is to get the secret ending of the game that I haven't seen. Ugh. You have to get all 160 shards. Of course, of course you do. Which, inc- which includes that horrible shard to get. Huh. So um, I probably I don't know if I'll ever see the secret ending. I might revisit it and just kind of muscle it out. But I'm I'm looking at like eight hours of gameplay probably that I don't want to do, and that is that's a really rough prospect. Yeah, to like to get into. What about uh, what about YouTube? Or is that not your style? Like to watch the ending? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I. D- I feel like I need to earn it. Oh, see, I did that with Final Fantasy X too, because Final Fantasy X too has two or three different endings, and I got the kind of generic, crappy one, and I just went on YouTube to watch the best ending. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe I'll maybe I'll break down and do that if there's some sort of like DLC I want to get, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but like as of right now, I I just don't I don't want to go back, uh, and I I don't foresee myself going back and getting that that done. So. Yeah. Although I have to point out the irony that last week you one of your major complaints about the game was the lack of variety of enemies. Yeah, but, here, <laughs> but here's the thing: is you would never know because the encounter rate is stupid. Like, yeah, the, no, I know, I know. Like the like you, you know you have a sixty five percent chance of fighting this one enemy, and then you've got a thirty five percent chance of fighting this other enemy, and there's ten enemies in the area, so the, your other ten percent is is you know fighting enemies that you end up never fighting. Yeah. Are you sure that's sixty five, thirty five, ten? Did you did you find that number somewhere? No, I found that number. I made that up. Oh, you made it. Okay, all right. No. Well, it may inf- it may in fact be even more skewed towards those common enemies. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Or or significantly less skewed. You you never know until no, you Google it. I'm probably right the other way. Okay. Well, all right. Well, that's fair. Um, well, I'm sorry that that part sucks, but the rest of it okay. And I and I will finish it. I've been IRL or in real life as our listener. Undoubtedly knows uh, IRL. I've been quite busy on top of the you know lack of desire to play, but uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen Two will be back on my list very very soon. And you know what? The game continues to be beautiful. 
um, throughout, of, like, of the, course. the whole game, and even towards the end, all of the, like, all of the set pieces and stuff in the game are awesome. Like, the game looks so good. So that holds up. But well, good. But I still, I mean, my complaints from last week, I feel like they still hold up, too. So, yeah. but I, like I said, it's good. I finished it. I mean, and I finished it, and I got all but one shard. That's a lot of, that's like 40 hours worth of playtime that I put into it. You know, and as easy as it is, it's nice to to have an RPG that you can master and get everything in without 300 hours of playtime, you know? I mean, yeah. Skyrim is... You will never get everything in Skyrim unless that's the only game you play. Yeah, that's true. And the same with Final Fantasy thirteen. there's so much grinding if you want to get all that stuff. Right. If you want to get the ultimate weapon. So being able to complete, you know, 100%-ish the game in 40 to 50 hours... I'm down with that. And I would rather have a varied number of things to do. Um, like in this game, you're you're going to all different places to get these different shards, and at least there's different stuff to do to get those shards. Yeah. Rather than Final Fantasy thirteen, where you do all like I did all the all the fights in the game, uh, you know, all the marks, and then it's literally just grinding to get the the ultimate weapons, and that's the last thing to do. Yeah, yeah. You want the last thing to be fun. Right. And that's and that's hours and hours of unfun. So. Yeah, that's like in Mario 64 when I left, the last star to get was the red coins. In, in, the, in Rainbow Road. In, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's yeah, just like you just save the worst one, and it's just like, this isn't even fun. This star is not even fun, but it's the last one I have to get. No good. No good at all. So, uh, as a segue to fun things, yes, uh, I did start playing another game, and I teased it last week. It's called Saints Row the Third. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just to, to set up the game, it's an open world game. Um, it's based on you are a member of a gang, um, and there are rival gangs in the world, and it is your job to basically take over their territories. That's basically the setup of the game. All right. So, what are your three questions for me? There, okay, and I'm actually not going to go with three questions for this. And the oh. reason the reason is because there is so much crazy shit in this what? game. Yes, I have a, a huge list of stuff. So. One of the things about this game is it is incredibly humorous. And video games that are humorous are, I, I think in my opinion, uncommon. Like, I, there are not a lot of, of funny games that I really think get funny right. And this, yeah. this to me is one of them. Like, I, I have laughed out loud numerous times in this game. A lot of times... Um, it's just because, like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, like a lot of times it's because of that. But then there are some good, witty... There's good, witty banter and dialogue between the characters, too. Um, I will say I don't normally like open-world games. They're not, like... They're not my normal cup of tea. I've never finished a Grand Theft Auto game. I've always found them to get just stale. Mm-hmm. Um, I 100% will finish this game. Wow. So what I do is I made a list and I'm just going to um I'm just going to go go through it and I'll I'll give you three things and you can you can pick which one you want to hear more about. I can go back later and talk about more of them, but um I think this will be kind of a fun way to do it because I think you're going to really have to think about which one you want to hear about. Okay? All right. Well, I do hate fun, but I'll I'll play along. Okay. Um so pick the most unfun one and I <laughs> bet you that I can make it sound fun to you. Okay. All right. Um so we start off, uh, first one is bank robbery wearing main character disguises. So you're disguised as the people you are. Okay? Okay. The, the next one is the line, step away from the vault. And the next one is, 
a sex appeal meter slash a zombie voice. Wow. All right. The least fun one sounds like step away from the vault. So let's start with that one for 300. Okay. So you, you start off the game doing a bank, doing a bank robbery scene and you get eventually you, you don't open the vault and take the money out. That would be too easy. You hook a chain up to the vault and you take the vault away from the bank. You pull the vault away from the bank with a helicopter. What? And the police helicopters are following you. And one of them says, uh, says using, using his horn, Sir, please step away from the vault. As you are standing on the vault in midair. Uh, as it's attached to the helicopter. How, how do you get away from a fleet of police helicopters carrying a vault? Did I mention how badass you are? So you're ha- most of the time you're hanging onto the chain and shooting the helicopters with uh, with your pistol, and they're blowing up. Now is this first person shooter style, or like how is that gameplay done? It's all it's all third person. Okay. Um, the you basically just have a little uh, a little target in the middle of the screen. Um, there's no zo- there's a there's a zoom for some um, weapons, but the zo- it's not like an actual zoom. It's just it, it zooms in a tiny bit. There's no scopes. There is a sniper rifle, but it's it it's used incredibly rarely. I mean, rarely ever use it. Most of the time, I've just been using pistols. You can kind of use whatever you want. Uh-huh. The game does do a smart thing where about an about a half an hour into the game, you get an airstrike. Wait, you get the ability to call in an airstrike? Yeah, like basically missiles from a satellite. No, normally games would, that would be like the last thing that you'd get. That's like the be all and end all. But in this game, you get it about a half an hour in and you can just blow up whatever the hell you want. Who is your character that you have a payload of missiles from a satellite? You find it in a warehouse? <laughs> of course you do. Yeah, of course you do. Um, so, you know, and, and since you asked that, I can't, I, now I have to talk about a little bit about the character creation. Okay. Uh, it's a general character creation. Um, in the sense that you can tweak, you know, how far apart your nostrils are and how far apart your eyes are. So it's really, it's, it's deep, but I've never one to go in and, and make a really, you know, realistic, deep looking character. Yeah. But they also have, um, you know, crazy ass hair, crazy skin colors. My guy was blue uh, with long hair, sunglasses and like a pot belly. Uh, and then there's a sex appeal meter, which basically, as you increase it, it makes your junk bigger or your tits bigger. <laughs> if you're a woman, that's all it does. And as you go, and as you go, as you go lower, it makes each of those respective things smaller. Wow! And so you can play as a guy or a girl. There's, it's just an open character. Yeah, and you can have a sex change in the middle of the game. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So, right. so you do have you do have that uh, that ability too. So the character. Oh, and and. You also have the ability to pick the voice you want to play as. Um, and this is kind of interesting because there's three male voices, three female voices, and then there's a zombie voice. Okay. Each, each male voice is different, and the dialogue's all different for each of them. So it's, it's interesting because I, I think they may have recorded three different tracks of dialogue for both men and women. Wow. And they have a zombie voice, which in the sexual situations of the game, I can imagine it'd be really freaking funny. There are sexual situations in the game? Of course there are. You can make your tits bigger with a meter. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. So, uh, that's the first three. Uh, the next three, I've got windshield shoot cargo. Okay. Rim jobs car care. Okay. And what I got by Sublime slash Kanye West's power. Let's go with what I got by Sublime slash Kanye West's power for 400. Okay. 
Okay, so at one point of the game, you, you get introduced to one of your cronies, your lackeys, you get into a car, and you're driving to your next destination, and What I Got starts playing on the radio by Sublime. And Is your that main... the one that's like, What I Got, that one? Yes. Okay. Your main character and the guy in, in, the, in the seat next to you start singing What I Got. Okay. In whatever voice you pick. So I think they probably sing it as a zombie too. I was not a zombie at this point in the game. <laughs> you can change your voice during the game. Yes, of course you can. Oh, you good. A, you, you get a sex change during the game. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. So you're driving around and they're singing the song and they don't just sing it word for word. I mean, your character's like making mistakes as he's singing the song. <laughs> he's singing it like off key and out of rhythm. And they don't just sing, you know, 30 seconds of the song. They will literally sing the entire song. As you're driving around. That's amazing. I know. Second, and related to Kanye West Power, first of all, if you don't get pumped up by Kanye West Power, your heart is not beating. Right. Because that song is one of, one of the best songs ever written, ever. Ever in the history of the world. That might be an exaggeration. But never do you feel more like a badass than in the second mission of the game when you're going to parachute into a party to kill everybody at the party and take the penthouse of this building over as your main base. <laughs> then when you're standing there and you're looking over and you press X to jump, and before you press X, you just hear the, ah, oh, yeah, ah, oh. and you can just sit there and listen to it. And I just sat there and listened to it. And there's this part where, where the bass comes in the song. It's like, boom. And as soon as that happened, I hit X and I'm flying through the air, parachuting down onto this, you know, you know, onto the party and the entire song plays and while you're going through the party and just shooting everybody. And <laughs> it makes you feel like such a badass. Oh my God. It was such a great moment. Wow. Like, that was all, oh, it was so good. It was so good. And you, it's not just you, it's you and a bunch of other third street saints, which is your gang that go into this party and just gun everybody down. Um, with bullets, there is some violence in this game. Uh, it is rated M for mature. So, <laughs> So, I mean, that's all awesome. That was absolutely awesome. And then there's this crazy long scene where you're falling from, you're falling from the helicopter, and while you're falling, you're dodging boxes and shooting parachuters that are coming after you. You're rescuing women in the middle of the air. It's just, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Um, wow. I know. Uh, I never knew. I mean, the way the game is marketed, I, I would never have guessed that it's so over the top. I have a feeling I know which one you're going to pick out of this one. I need you to pick this one. All right. Uh, the next three are themed gangs. Okay. Professor Genki's super ethical reality climax. Okay. And Tank Mayhem. Ah, uh, the second one. Okay. So it's called Professor Genki's super ethical reality climax. Like most open world games, this game has a lot of side stuff you can do. Yeah. Um, you could just mainline the main game. I think it'd probably take about seven-ish hours, I'm getting the, the impression of, because... Um, I'm I'm about 10 to 12 hours into the game, and I'm about 40-some percent through the main quest. But I've been doing a lot of side stuff. Okay. One of the side things you can do is called Professor Genki's Super Ethical Reality Climax. Okay. And what it is, is you get into a warehouse, and like most Japanese game shows, there are a lot of traps that can kill you. Uh, like most Japanese game shows, there are a lot of people dressed in uh, costumes that have guns. Mm -hmm. um, and it is your job to get through this game show in a certain amount of time 
killing a certain amount of people and getting enough money to make the exit open. All throughout the time that you're going through Professor Genki's super ethical reality climax, there are two commentators who are commentating over, I'm laughing just thinking about this, who are commentating over your actions. Only most of the time, they're not talking about what you're doing. They're talking about things that are probably not appropriate for children. So, so you're sitting there just going through this warehouse and killing a bunch of mascots, like people dressed in tiger costumes. <laughs> and, and, and like most Japanese game shows, stuff doesn't make any sense. Shooting pandas is unethical, and you lose money and time. But shooting tigers is ethical. So... <laughs> So if there are signs with tigers on them and you shoot them, you get money and time. But if, you, if, there are ti- if there are signs on them with pandas on them and you shoot them, you lose money and time. Wow. Yeah. Is, is this the funniest game you've ever played? Maybe. Um, it's, it's right up there with another game I can talk about sometime called Shadows of the Damned, which is a relatively recent game that came out. Um, but so fu- it, it, it might be the funniest game. And the... <laughs> The things the commentators, like I said, I'm laughing just thinking about it. The things the commentators say are so awesome and hilarious and gross. It's just, it's really neat. I like that, and gross. Uh, That's good. Uh, oh, it is good. I, I have to go back. I really want to ask you, I, I know this is the first round, but uh, you got to tell me about robbing a bank disguised as yourself. Okay, so one of, one of the, I didn't play the first two um, Saints Row's. I guess they weren't open world games. They weren't structured like this. Okay. Um, but your main character or one of the main characters in them was uh, a guy named uh, something Gat. Okay. He's not. Re- he's not really in this game. Um, but he's one of the one of the Third Street Saints, and he is in the in the bank robbery at the start of the game. Well, when you rob a bank, you, you have to wear a mask because you don't just rob a bank and let everybody see who you are, because then the police will come after you. Right. So your Third Street Saints, the four of you, go in to rob this bank, and you're wearing masks of your main character. From the old games. Well, he's in the start of this game. Oh, he's, okay. he's, he's with you. So he's wearing a mask of himself. Why? As a disguise? Oh, why, else would you, why else would you wear a disguise? I love this game. I know. I know. Trust me. It's, yeah, it, it, and it, it's been getting better, too. Is, is the gameplay fun? It is, you know, um, I haven't played a third world, or a third world, I haven't played a, a, a third person open world game like this, where the shooting is good, and the shooting is, is pretty good in this. I mean, it's not perfect, it's not like a modern warfare style shooting, yeah. there's not a ton of precision, but there doesn't need to be, because there's crazy fucking explosions, and there's, there's you know, prostitutes dying, and then shooting you with guns, and there's just, there's so much crazy stuff that, like, you don't need a precision gunplay game. Yeah, okay. You know? Um, and there's no auto-assist aim, so you, you still have to do the aiming in the game. Okay. Uh, so it's not, you know, it's not a cakewalk. And I have died plenty of times. I mean, oh, there, right. there, Yeah, there have been plenty of times where I've gotten just into a bad situation and I've died. The checkpointing is really good. You never get thrown back that far. Um, I haven't run into, into too many bugs in the game. So it's, so far, it's, it's been a pretty solid game all around. Yeah, and what console are you playing it on? Uh, 360. Okay. It is available, from what I understand, for 360, PlayStation 3, and the computer. Of course, the so PC, you, as it were. So you can get it on Steam, too. So um, Next through, I got our Tank Mayhem, the Awesome Button, and a classical mixtape. The Awesome Button. So, as in most games, there's a Dash Button. Yeah. Um, 
that this game does not call it a dash button. It calls it an awesome button. And the tutorials for it are, use this button and you will be awesome in, in everything you do. Uh, and it said, explore, explore different, uh, different button combinations to make yourself like as awesome as possible. Okay. So like when you press the A button, you, you may, you know, roll forward, but when you press it while you're dashing and holding the awesome button, you like do this crazy dive forward. Um, when you're running forward and you run near somebody, the, the right trigger will fire your gun. But when you're doing that with the awesome button, you do a clothesline. <laughs> so the awesome button serves a variety of functions when combined with other buttons. So that's the awesome button. Wow. I'm impressed. And I, I got to ask you about the other one, the one you said before the awesome button. The tank mayhem? Uh, no, uh, after, I'm sorry, classical mixtape. Yeah, so uh, I don't know if you've ever played a, one of the later Grand Theft Auto games, but when you get into a car, yeah. you often have the ability to adjust the radio. Yeah. Well, the the radio has lots of different stations on this one, and it's it's all licensed music, so it's all mu- you know music in real life. Yeah. Um, but there's a classical station. Okay. And you you can make a mixtape uh, of the songs that you like. So so you know I put Kanye West Power as my only song on my mixtape, and that's all I listen to for the first four hours of the game. Um, but you can pick from any of the songs that's on any of the radio stations. The songs on the classical station are legitimate classical arrangements and pieces. So you go in to make this mixtape, and you go to the classical station, and it's and you've got like Kanye West Powers and like Fuck Day Bitches Up by <laughs> some other rapper I don't know. And then on the next station, it's like Beethoven Symphony in in D minor, and <laughs> and and there's and there's that kind of stuff on the classical station, which is awesome. Do you ever you know? listen to the classical music for I, ironic effect? I don't. I don't, oh. but I probably should while I'm doing something crazy in the game. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to ask about two of the next one as well, I oh, think. All right. Yeah. Uh, the next three are insurance fraud, dildo wall slash fisting sex machine, and uh, exploding pony human cart race. Exploding pony human cart race. And I have an awesome story about this one, too. <laughs> so uh, at one point, you get out of a BDSM club. So, um, uh, bondage, domination, sadomasochism, sadomasochism club, right? Uh, where everybody's everybody's dressed in leather, um, because you're there to rescue somebody. There's of somebody that's, you are. that's so there's somebody that's in deep there that's been in there for years. He's been a sex slave for years. Wow. Um, and when you leave, um, you go into the stable in the BDSM room. Now that you know, when I first heard that there was going to be a stable, I immediately thought of some very nasty things. There were some nasty things there. Um, by by going into the stable, they referred more to the people being being kind of chained up as horses. Oh, not an actual. So there's no bestiality simulated in this game. Not yet. Oh, okay. Um, but but there were you know the 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 character you're trying to save is on a, a rickshaw, which is one of those wheelbarrows. Uh, oh that, yeah. You know, out out east, they have those wheelbarrows that people wheel you around in, and so he's the horse that's wheeling you around. So. To escape, you don't cut him loose and run out the building. You get in the rickshaw <laughs> and make him run run out with you. So you're running down the street with him taking you in this rickshaw. And you're not being chased by cars. You're being chased by other rickshaws driven by people in BDSM outfits carrying, carrying gang, other gang members with guns. It's a BDSM rickshaw chase. 
Of course it is. Instead of a card chase. It gets better. You oh, what? Sh- no, it, it, it can't. You shoot. <laughs> and again, I'm laughing just, just talking about it and thinking about it. You shoot the rickshaws behind you as you're running away and they explode. <laughs> remember, remember, they're people. They're people that are driving the rickshaws and the people explode. Of and, course they do. And it gets better. No. Yes, it does. So apparently when the game was originally hit, when the game was originally created, again, I'm laughing just thinking about this. When the game was originally made, they set up these people to explode as they were going down the street because they're like, oh, it's going to be really funny. Apparently one of the directors of the game said, no, 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 we can't do that. You know, we we have to change it. So the guy that's in charge of um, of vehicles, the vehicle designer, as it were, Uh um, of which... Of which there's one, there's one on the game. All right, um, changed it. Two weeks before the game went to print, somebody changed it back, <laughs> unbeknownst to the director of the game. And this was in an interview with the vehicle, the the vehicle designer, and he said that somebody went and changed it back, and he's the only person in charge of vehicles in the game. So, <laughs> So, so anyway, that it all culminated into this beautiful moment of BDSM, BDSM rickshaw chases that blow up when you shoot, when you shoot them. So I'm speechless. I, I know, and I and I I paused the game and I was crying because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> when the first one exploded when because you shot one, it and you just I was I was like oh it's going to die and fall over but it just exploded and everybody like flew and you know it's got. It's got crazy open world physics, um, so there's crazy ragdoll explosions. So the ex- the ex- the cart exploded, and the two people in the cart just like went flying a hundred thousand feet into the air and just disappeared off the screen. Oh wow! I, I, it was just it was a beautiful moment. It was a beautiful moment in gaming, um, uh, and and so that was in the BDSM club. Which, which means I have to follow that up with talking about the dildo wall. Yeah, you seem uh, like you wanted to talk about the dildo wall. Well, as a BDSM club, um, obviously it's going to have some interesting sexual things in it. Yeah. One of the rooms has a wall with a bunch – just the entire wall are holes that are separated by a few inches. And out of every single hole in the wall, there's a dildo coming out. Okay. Are you sure it's a dildo and not an actual, you know? No, they're definitely dildos because people couldn't uh, – people wouldn't be that tall. Oh, Okay. Well, maybe they're in this world. They might be, um, but then there's also in more than one room one of those. Uh, well, it's like a sex machine. It's like hooked up. It's a dildo that's like hooked up to some weird mechanical machine that's thrusting forward, and it's just going. It's just going in most of these rooms. Sometimes, sometimes there's people in the room. Sometimes there's not. There doesn't need to be. There's, but there are there are dildo machines going. So, um, I just thought that was interesting because I've never seen a dildo machine in a game before. Well, yeah, me neither. And I probably won't ever see one again. And there are dildo bats in this game too, right? There are. Um, there's a baseball bat, but why would you use that when you can get a bat that does an equal amount of damage that's a big floppy dildo? Yeah, well, I, I don't think I would go for the dildo. Mm, I think you would. I, I, think, don't, I don't think I would. I think you'd have to see the dildo. The first time you smack somebody in the face with a floppy dildo bat, trust me, you don't go back. But it looks like a dick, and I don't want to look at a dick. Yeah, but when you smack it in somebody's face, it's hilarious. I still don't want to look at a guy's junk. I don't know. That's why I always play like as females in games. But it's not a guy's junk. It's 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 like four feet long. It's not like it's 
I know. The only thing worse than looking at a guy's junk is a four-foot-long version of a guy's junk. Not when you're slapping people in the face with uh, it. See, I, I'm uh, going to have to beg to differ. Slapping a guy in the face with the junk does not make me any more apt to want to look at the junk. With a dick baseball bat, I think it would. I don't – all right. You'd, you'd have to give it a shot. We'll I just think. have to agree to disagree about this until I have the opportunity to wield a dildo baseball bat. Yeah, that's true. Now, the next three uh, are my last three. Oh, all right. And, and you might have to hear about all of them. Oh. You, you might determine that you want to hear about all of them. All right. So I've got – the first one is uh, an auto-tuned character named Zemos. Okay. Consequently, he's the guy you save. Okay. Um, which time? In, in, in the BDSM club? In the BDSM club. Um, Hulk Hogan slash best around from Karate Kid. Okay. And Tiger in the car. Let's start with Tiger in the car. Okay. So uh, you, you meet a character, um, and he's there to train you um, because you have to go fight a gang of masked luchadors. Luchadors. Lucadors, right. Mexican wrestlers. Mexican wrestlers. There's yes. a gang. There's a gang of them. Of course there is. Um, and in order to fight them, you have to train because you have to learn how to wrestle, um, even though they use guns. <laughs> um, so this guy that's training you tells you to go get in this car. Go, pick, go like, pick up this car and your training will start. And he said, all you got to do is drive around. Well, you go and get in the car and there's a tiger in the front seat with you. And the object is to basically drive around without dying from the tiger pawing you in the face and you crashing into stuff and pissing off the tiger. How, so, do you, what, how do you do that? So you'll just be driving around and the tiger's in the front seat and there's a little meter that's filling up that says courage because you're gaining courage by doing this. <laughs> of course. Okay. And just occasionally you'll be driving and you, you're driving normal. I mean, the cars are handling normal and the tiger will just smack you in the face with his <laughs> paw and your car will veer all over the place when, you, when he does that. Is that fun or is it really awkward? It's awesome. It's awesome. It's hilarious. All right. It really is because it, you're just like anticipating the tiger just smacking you in the face. And it's just – it's hilarious because there's just – like his idea of training is putting a tiger in the car with you and driving around. Okay. And when you're done, you feel more courageous. Imagine that. <laughs> All right. Let's go with Zemo. Okay. So the guy you save in the club, his name is Zemos, um, and he talks he's, – he's basically a pimp. A, a pimp who was being used as a BDSM slave, but right. he's, he's basically a pimp, and he talks entirely in an auto-tuned voice. <laughs> and I don't mean like, like on the phone. He's got some sort of auto-tuned device. He just is auto-tuned. There's no like, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Nobody <laughs> says anything. Nobody finds it odd. But his entire speech is auto-tuned. Okay. So everything he says to you, it's just normal conversation. Good. Yeah, and All it's right. fun. And it's funny. Of course it is. Let's go with Hulk Hogan. Uh, I didn't know he was in this game. Me uh, either. First of all. So this guy that trains you, it is in fact Hulk Hogan. Uh, and you meet him. You, you enter this casino where he is. It's an abandoned casino, and that's where he's training. And you enter. And do you know the song Best Around from Karate Kid? It's, oh, yeah. It's the, the training song during the montage. Oh, yeah. Hulk Hogan is in the middle of the ring fighting dummies. And he's not Hulk Hogan. He's a, he's a person. They should have made him Hulk Hogan, but they didn't. He's just some bald guy um, like with dark skin. But voiced by Hulk Hogan? Vo- voiced very obviously by Hulk Hogan. All right. <laughs> um, and he's fighting dummies in the middle of the ring, just like jumping off the top rope and doing an elbow drop on them and stuff. And 
best around is playing by Karate Kid when you walk in. And it's just him training by himself. And he calls you brother <laughs> when he talks to you. So Why I, didn't just, they make him Hulk Hogan? I, that's, I, maybe they couldn't license his image. Maybe they could just get his voice. Oh, okay. Yeah, that could be. You know, because he's just swimming in money right now. Yeah, well, well WWE probably owns the rights to his image. Yeah, that makes sense. Could, or somebody does. I don't know. It could be. And I mean, that's as of right now, again, I'm about 40 to 50% through the game, and that's been my experience with the game so far. Um, wow. There was some stuff on the list that I didn't even talk about, too. The, yeah. yeah, the game has been awesome. Um, it's got, you know, it's, it's got some mechanical flaws to it. Uh, just because it's an open world game, and there's mm-hmm. a little bit of there's a little bit of jankiness to it, you know. Yeah. But for the most part, it's just freaking funny. It is, and it just nails it. And and just to give you an example of one of the the witty pieces of banter you hear, you save a naked uh, a naked huge strong guy from a a laboratory at one point, and he just stays naked. He doesn't put on clothes <laughs> when you first save him. And um, one of your characters said. Man, the last time I trusted a, a naked big dude, I got burned or something like that. Just as you're like as you're walking around like shooting people, and it just it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, but it, again, it made me laugh. So it's it's well it's a it's a game that's really well done, and I can already say I'm going to easily be able to recommend it. That's great. Well, it sounds to me um, if our listen if our listener is on a, a really tight budget right now, it sounds to me like a much newer and better version of True Crime Streets of L.A. Yeah, you know, I never played it. Yeah, I played it on the original Xbox, and there were a lot of similar things. It, it was very tongue-in-cheek. Uh, you, like, learn karate, and you go through some, some general kind of crime, not cases, but you kind of go along a story. But in the end, you end up fighting some, like, Japanese dragon master. And it, it's a little over the top. Um, it's not as over the top as this game, but it's still a little wild, and there are codes you can put in to break the physics oh, of the game. That. Oh, God, I love it. When you can make your car rear in another car, and the other car just flies like across the city uh, just for no reason. And, and there were some cool open-world elements, too. So um, so if our listeners totally broke, they could maybe go back to the last-generation game like that. But this sound, see, I liked that game, so I bet I would love this game. You might be able to even pick this up for 20 to 30 bucks at this point, because it has been out for a while, um, and it, it has gained enough popularity to where it it would be a kind of a discounted game. Oh, okay. Um, there's, there's a gang in the... Uh, just a, another aside, there's a gang in the game um, who are cyberpunk emo asian kids of course they are and they carry swords but they don't <laughs> but they don't use them and uh they can teleport <laughs> for for no reason all right this this game sounds awesome yeah and keep in mind that that as it like you're you're a gang and so you're taking over territory and you're buying you're buying like property and taking over different territories of the city so all that stuff makes sense so there's this there's this in, like you're getting income from the stuff you own, and there's uh, there's a reason for you to go out and do all these different activities because you're slowly taking over the city, and I mean it's just it's a very well put together game. All right, I'm gonna have to get a GameFly account so I can start playing the same games as you because every time I hear you give a glowing review, I just really want to play these games. Yeah, you know I can always send it to you after I'm done. Yeah, you could, but then then I can't play it because I gotta be playing something else that we could talk about. I don't want to. <laughs> Talk about this in episode 15. Hey, look what I played. It's the game John reviewed six years ago. Yeah, I suppose that's true. But yeah, we're, no remember, good. we're playing games for fun, too. So. I don't know what you're talking about. Games aren't fun. Games are work. Total, total work now. No, games are a sport. 
So Get I'll probably game. I'll probably have more to say about uh, about Saints Row the Third the next time we record, which might be sometime next week. But yes. so far, it's it's just it's knocking out of the park in my opinion. And it's Saints Row the Third, not Saints Row Three. Nope, Saints Row the Third. All right, I. I may just seriously get a Gamefly account and try it out because it sounds epic. Yeah, it really is epic. Um, wow. Well, um, for our listener, if they want to um, talk to us about anything, suggest any games that we play, give us some feedback, or talk to us about how do you feel about games after you've heard a bad review, tweet John at... I'm at eatplaygame, all one word. Eatplaygame, or tweet me at... You know your name better than I. I was going to have you do it. It's I think hard. it's I think it's producer Cody. It is at, producer Cody at producer Cody at producer Cody or at ePlay Game or comment on iTunes or comment on unqualified.podbean.com. Yeah, you know we did get our first iTunes comment. So we did. We did. What so did is it say? It said good things. We got a five star review from this person. So that's Sweet. good. Great, and it wasn't me because I don't have iTunes. So there yeah, you go. There you go. So it might have been me. All right. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't me. But we did. We got our first iTunes review. So thank you very much to the person <laughs> that gave us our first iTunes review. And you know, please feel free to comment and say what you liked and didn't like. Yeah, for real. And we'll be back next week with more. Uh, I don't know something. Something is right. <laughs> Thanks, listener, for listening.